Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Grace, peace, and joy be unto you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Sometimes things just come together the way that we want them to with our readings on a weekend. Sometimes they're a little disjointed and don't seem to quite fit. But this week, we go through every week in devotions with our staff the lessons for the coming week. And on Wednesday of this week, when we have our Bible study, we would begin with devotions before we go into the Bible study. And right now, we're studying the book of Colossians, Paul's letter to the Colossians in our Bible study. And we had our second lesson for this week as the lesson that we use for devotions that week. Well, our second lesson for this week is Paul's letter to Philemon, at least the majority of it. It's a really short book in the Scriptures. And we read the majority of it today, and that letter written to Philemon is a letter written to Colossae. Philemon is the one whose house the church was gathering in in, in Colossae. It was Philemon that, that was the leader of that community. And Paul's writing this letter because he's got a concern about Onesimus, who had been a slave in Philemon's house and. Paul wants to make sure that he's got a good relationship with this leader of this new church in Colossae, and he knows he already has this relationship with Onesimus, and he wants to make it right. And so that sets the context, and it dovetailed perfectly with what we were doing in our Bible study for this week, because we were looking at this this message of the book of Colossians, particularly the third chapter and what Paul says there about love. Now, there is no formal tie between the book of Colossians and the book of Philemon, but Paul's appeal to Philemon to receive Onesimus as a brother instead of a slave was an excellent match for this message of love that predominates the third chapter of Colossians. One of the most read sections of Colossians is this appeal of Paul to not cling to the traditions and, and the uh, achievements of our life, but instead to look at love as the heart of our faith. He says this, he says, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, Forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. It's in this spirit, then, that Paul calls on Philemon to see the situation with Onesimus in a new light. 
Because according to the traditions and rules of his culture, Philemon has every right, in fact, probably the responsibility to punish Onesimus and place him back in service as a slave. But Paul is pleading with Philemon to see the situation differently because of his new life in Christ rooted in the transformative love of Jesus. As Paul suggests here, everything is different because of this transformational power of the resurrection. This sounds so different than what we find in our gospel lesson for today, but strangely, I think it's actually exactly what Jesus has in mind here as well. Jesus says these very provocative words to begin, right? Hate mother, father, every other relative that he can think of. The language is so provocative, but in reality, I think what he's pointing to is something that is so close to what Paul's plea to Philemon is as well, and it's rooted in this love talked about in Colossians. I don't think Jesus wants his followers to hate their families, but he does want to see transformation in their relationship. Jesus wants his followers to see everything in their lives and in this world through the lens of their new life in Christ. I had a conversation with a young man the other day that was fascinated by some of the really mystical passages of Scripture that focus on the life that is to come in our heavenly future. In our conversation, I pointed towards our understanding that the kingdom of God is not only a future hope, but a present reality as the kingdom breaks in among us through the resurrection. We can't simply live passively wondering about the mystical that is to come because God's kingdom is already coming among us now, and it calls us into this transformation that's already happening now through our baptism into Christ. For in our baptism, we are called to die to the ways of this world, and then we rise to follow in the way of Jesus, the way of sacrificial and transformational love. I think that's what Jesus is pointing to in this gospel lesson for today. As his followers, we can't hold on to the things of our lives and of this world. We have to die to all of them so that we can see that, in fact, everything is new in our baptism. Every day we die and we rise to live more fully into the kingdom here and now. We no longer love our families with the limitations and conditions of human love. We love them with the forgiving and gracious love of Jesus. We no longer cling to our possessions as a locus of security and status in our lives. We die to our possessions so that we can see them as God's good gifts entrusted to us to steward for the good of all of creation. Paul is trusting Philemon to be transformed by the love of Jesus. Jesus is urging his followers to be awakened to what this means for their lives. Jesus' words sound like division, but in fact, Jesus is calling them to the exact opposite. The concern is for any family pattern of behavior that would devise, divide or cause harm in relationships or cause harm to the wider community. 
Jesus is not calling for division, but rather for an end of all of the divisions that were too prevalent around him. There's no place for hate or greed in the kingdom of God. The old must pass away to to make way for the new. And Paul gets it, which is why he believes that things can be different. According to the ways of the world, it's a hopeless situation, but Paul sees the situation with Philemon through Christ, sees more than the world expects. He sees the hope-filled promise of Christ's grace reconciling us one unto another. He trusts that because both Philemon and Onesimus have been nurtured in the gospel story, the gospel promises of their faith, that that faith has been deepened to the point that their relationship can grow out of the ashes of their past to be a witness to the community that is growing around them. And Paul doesn't just wish for these things, he expects them. He knows that the Spirit will work through the relationship between Philemon and Onesimus. You see, he also doesn't expect that this is something that simply he will talk about as a leader. He sees it as something that he expects that every believer will embody in their lives as part of the body of Christ. And so then out of this early Christian story, we hear our call as well. The theologian N.T. Wright describes it this way. He says, This is a call then for Christians and churches to be for the world what Paul was with Philemon and Onesimus. The church is not simply a self-help aid to private spiritual improvements. Of course, we need to be deeply grounded in our own faith and the love of God and the depths of our own hearts and lives. We need to be taught and informed the faith if any of this is to come about. Without that, we become mere slogan mongers, joining the shrill ranks of the left or the right. We need reconcilers, people through whose risky and costly witness debts can be forgiven, old scores buried instead of settled, ancient hurts healed instead of festering. The major difference between Christianity and every other worldview that ever there was is exactly this, that the gospel of Jesus Christ can and does accomplish reconciliation. This is why we come to the table, he says, to be ourselves reconciled afresh to God and one another and to be empowered as agents of reconciliation. Woe to the church that often it has done the opposite Thanks be to God that the gospel is still the one power which can heal the world. Next weekend here at Prince of Peace is our God's Work, Our Hands weekend as we join together with congregations across our denomination and an incredible opportunity to go out into our communities to live out the gospel. It's a week for us to choose love and to choose peace in a public way. In a world that too often looks at the church and sees nothing but judgment and rancor, we can go out to be instruments of peace, reconciliation, and healing for the world. We have the opportunity to embrace our baptismal promises and share the transformational love of Christ through acts of service and care.
The church as authoritative institution is not changing the world for good, but the church serving the gospel of Christ, serving the poor, the lonely, the forgotten, the outcasts of this world, caring for creation, loving and serving each other in deeper community, this is what changes the world. It's where we discover that there is more to our living through our lives in Christ. It's where we discover that there is more to this life that God has prepared for us, and it's not revealed in mere words of leaders standing before a congregation. It's manifest in the living proclamation of the lives of every believer as they share in the healing and reconciling ministry of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.